Welcome back to the show. It's We Are Live. Chris Tim and Travis Rowe. We're live five days a week from Midcoast Studio in Grand Center, midcoast.media for more information. Wanted to tell you guys about St. Louis Counseling Services real quick. Big thanks to them for being supportive of what we do. They also do a podcast right here at the studio, Mental Health Matters. If you're looking for help in the St. Louis area, they can help you out. Check out all their capabilities online, stlouiscounseling.org. Travis Trell joins me. We'll have Matt Besser this hour. He's at the Improv Shop doing uh, Improv for Humans with Dad Van this weekend. All of our friends in, uh, in that group should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're excited about comedy tonight, but I'm also excited about exposing societal norms for what they really are. Uh -oh. You know how we do that, Travis? How do you do that, Chris? We make it racist. We make it racist. I'm addressing <laughs> the white <laughs> elephant in the room. How does it feel? Breaking down the barriers of race by assimilation. I wouldn't mind to have black neighbors. That, that is was racist a lie. It's bringing little white women. My prayers have been answered. Black women have the nicest asses. If that ain't the whitest thing a white man has ever white in his life. You do not have to say African American. Just say black. Oh, well, in that case, you know what word I miss? Colored. Oh. Oh. Don't raise it! Don't let the liberal media tell you how to think and feel. If you have hate in your heart, let it out. I'm racist as hell. <laughs> deserved. Now, I'm going to kind of throw a twist to today's segment. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to make it racist. Yes, today it is Cocktoberfest. Oh, no. And so I now will throw out things that you may no. perceive as no, racist. No, 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 no. Oh, you guys don't want to do that? Oh, you're, do you're afraid? Do you're afraid to, to talk about your uh, my racism? I'm, I don't need black Twitter on me. Mm. Hmm. I do not want black Twitter. <laughs> At least you're honest. Up my ass. <laughs> and that's oh, the only place where this leads. All right, big 30% boy. Mm. Can you help it? Can you help yourself? 30%. Oh, yeah, okay. mister, I got to add the N word for a punchline. It's not to mask any lack of talent. It's a, it's a truth. Uh, All okay. right, Chris. All right, what do you Make got? it racist. Golf. Oh, that's easy. Uh, golf's a renowned sport. Uh, our ancestors in Scotland um, used a stick and a rock, and they just made it everything it could be. It was a respectable game. And then came a stripper-loving, Stanford-attending, African-American slash was Asian man. Was he articulate? Quite articulate. Oh! But he changed the game and he brought that filthy shoe company Nike oh! into the mix. Tiger Woods <sighs> ruining the sport of golf, giving it weightlifting. Oh my! Physical fitness. Are oh, you not now? You got to get a camera uh, now. This is the part where he because he's about mm -hmm. to set it up. So you got to get the one shot now, Chris, because he's never had a chance to do this. Yeah. So you got there. We go. Here we go, right. Chris. What is what golf, is golf was a renowned gentleman sport where you could crush a beer, smoke a cigarette, and uh, wear some stupid pants. And Tiger Woods, you ruined it by bringing athletic wear, red polos, and another level of competition that we just didn't need. What is and golf? You know Chris? what? What is golf? You know what? Golf. <gasps> Here he comes. That's racist as hell. All right. That is racist. Yeah, we did it. Thank you. I just exposed it for what it really is. <laughs> and who's to tell us who we can allow in or not allow in our country club? Uh, Thank well, you. Oh, well, well, be actually, but oh, actually. Be huh. All right, here we go. You know what? I think I may get you without you even knowing. Electoral college. Make it racist. 
Gardner, you got it? You can have it. I don't need oh. <laughs> I enjoy the gerrymandering, yeah. keeping certain communities from being able to have the same voting power. You got a problem with drawing lines? <laughs> uh, electoral We're college line in farmers the don't always go to college. Therefore, <laughs> rural areas yep. not familiar with college disenfranchised electoral college. That's racist as hell. All right. That is racist as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Very good. Very good. You got a problem with Andrew Electoral? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> grew up. Oh, yeah? Who grew up it? in southeast Missouri. Oh, he wow. Was, he was a farmer. Oh, okay. Andrew yeah. Electoral. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry that he, but, may, he farmed a substance that could be turned into clothing. <laughs> and he was famous for standing up for himself, taking a stand, drawing a line. Mm-hmm. And he continued to draw lines, and people realized he was very good at drawing lines and decided to Thank draw you. lines for representation. And so Andrew Electoral, if I'm not mistaken, he also helped lower the African-American unemployment rate because he employed a lot of mm-hmm. black people for free. Well, and yeah. on top of that. And, I mean, they had housing. On top mm, of that, it, it he fixed led the, the great, housing issue. Uh, uh, great, interesting. He did. He, he led did address the, great, the housing uh, issue. The great uh, seasoning protest of <laughs> 1927, <laughs> where too many seasonings were available. He was a mm. potato and raisin farmer. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. All this makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking. And then now people are trying to just, you know, take that away from him. Take and it his away family. from him and his legacy. So that is racist as hell. <laughs> Andrew Electoral. All right, final one, guys. Final one. Martin Luther King, make him racist. <clears throat> oh, do you know well, how many, do you know mean, many white? Do you know how many white kings so, are? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say it again, Gardner. What is it? <laughs> that's a what? <laughs> can, can we get a can we get a camera shot of Gardner? Can we get one quick close up? Look at my hair. <laughs> it's very scary. Very. Like when you take off your hood. Hey. Mm. <laughs> yeah, wasn't Andrew like elect- hoodies? <laughs> wasn't Andrew electoral roommates? With- <laughs> That's hey. That is racist as hell. Yeah. Very good. Wasn't Andrew electoral roommates with Tanner filibuster? <laughs> <laughs> Black sheep. He was best friends with uh, local convenience market. They call it markets back then. Market owner uh, Jerry Mander. <laughs> They were kind of a best huh. friends. Like it, huh. it could have been like a buddy cop drama or comedy or whatever you want to do with it. Jeez. We're that close. Are you all happy now? Feels good to get that out your system, doesn't oh, it's it? Just, it's just nice to finally to put it out there for what it is. Yeah, We're throwing a bonus Mar- one for you guys. I got a bonus one if yeah, you like. And Martin Luther King again. How many white kings have there been? And when you say king, you only think of him. So that's he good. took up the that's space. That's a good point. All right, last that one. Is racist as I'll throw a bonus one. The NBA make it racist. Oh, um, our Caucasian friends used to enjoy a short, uh, freedom-encouraging pant. <laughs> Let your thigh breathe. Pant. And then the brothers got in, and the shorts got real saggy. Oh, they it's did. 90s, 90s basketball With your, shorts. Mm. You took away something from us, what, What's that? You took away fundamentals from mm, us mm. with your alley-oops oh boy and your crossovers <laughs> in your hip-hop basketball schmitty mcalley-oop was we, pretty upset about we, it I would imagine. we praised we praised shaquille o'neal he couldn't shoot free throws. oh 
Couldn't oh. shoot free throws. They win you games. Free throws win you games. Okay. Took away all that from us. And then appropriation, as I brought it up, on top of that. Mm. There is a certain shoe for my people. Mm. It is a New Balance shoe. Mm. It is endorsed by other white players. Yes. Until but uh-oh. Kawhi Leonard, oh boy, who's now an NBA champion, oh boy, decides he wants to be sponsored mm. by New Balance mm. shoes. That was ours. Nuh-uh. And the NBA is what? NBA. Oh, that is racist as hell. Thank you. Oh, truth bombs. Boo, boo. You're too excited about this. <laughs> Look at. Oh man, because I want you guys to. Don't you feel that energy? It's like oh, when I Thanos. Feel put, it's like Thanos put on the gauntlet. Just that force, that energy that just goes through your body. Feels good, get, doesn't it? I don't want to get canceled, Travis. No, you won't, man. That's okay. Embrace the white. This is Cottoberfest. Oh. Embrace the white. I'm trying to get us in trouble. No, right? say, say it with your me, Chris. Come on, Chris. Say it with me. Embrace the white. Yeah. Embrace. The white. Come on, Gardner. You no, can say it. I know. Come on, that, Chris. Come on. It's in you. It is not going to be a clip. Embrace it. Say, I'm not let you turn this into a clip. White culture matters. Say that into the camera, Chris. White culture matters. Gardner, get a camera shot. Chris, say it into the camera. Show your pride. Hmm. Come on. I wore, the, I wore this shirt today. I think that's enough. No, I guess it was. Come on, Chris. Say it into the camera. White lives matter. Where's my white entertainment channel? There it is. Gartner clipped that off. Yeah, I know. Just, this is a setup. Oh, this is an ambush all the way. And I would like today's wall least. lights to be those comments from Make It Racist. I just, I'm glad we were able to educate on Andrew Electoral and that Jerry Mandel. Long live his good name. Mm, very much so. Just because someone drew a line. Yeah, that's true. Stupid Stood line. up for himself. Stupid line. I think showed he could be a good map maker, possibly. How did, how did, uh, Wouldn't be good at identifying where hurricanes were. You know what's what people really don't talk about? The greatest white-on-white -white crime? Hmm. What's Settlers the, versus the British. That was some white-on-white -white crime. Well, I do always think it's funny. Like anytime we, not funny. It's horrible. It's terrible. Uh, anytime they go to war, like they hide in plain, they hide in uh, plain clothes. You don't know they're soldiers. Like, do you remember how this thing got started? I'm about to say, it wasn't like we had, somebody was just sitting by, like a seamstress was sitting they by. Hide hide what, who team y'all going to be? They hide they hoop it up. What, what's the name of y'all team? Yeah. Settlers? Right. Well, that's who y'all going to be? Okay, I guess if that's what y'all rolling with. Like, they didn't have uniforms on standby. Like, you could just pick up a phone and talk to the Under Armour representative. Right. Like they do at KU. <laughs> They're Adidas. Well, they have an office on, on site. Oh, that's right. That's Adidas, yeah. sir. I'm sorry, I apologize. So don't forget that. Wrong shoe company. Uh, Adidas? Out of this? Guys, I want to say uh, that we love working with Tech Electronics. They helped mm -hmm. us outfit the studio. Wonderful partner of ours. What we're going to do, real quick, we've got Matt Besser, producer, actor, improviser. He's in town at the Improv Shot this weekend. We're going to get him set up on the uh, video line, and we're going to have a quick interview with him after this. We'll take a very short break, and we'll be right back. It's we Are Live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live.
Hey, welcome back to the show, Chris Denman, Travis Terrell. Pleased to be joined by the man who's coming to St. Louis this Saturday, October 19th, at the Improv Shop. You can see Improv for Humans live podcast. Our friends in Dad Van will be there. It's Matt Besser returning to the show, if you believe it or not, for the third time. Mr. <laughs> Besser, good to see you, man. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? We can, and we were a little worried. We didn't even give you like a heads up, but I was like, you're the best improviser on the planet. I think you can uh, figure out that we're live. Let's rock it out. <laughs> Let's rock it out, baby. <laughs> who, who, was the kid trying to interrupt? I, I, you know, I told him I'm doing an interview like three times. <laughs> <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a dive to the door to be like, no, 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 come on. <laughs> I'm also suddenly aware of what my background is. I'm like, what's behind <laughs> The VHS Yeah, porn? I still collect CDs. <laughs> Top three CDs. I'm also, I'm, I have a, a hog mug in my, and I'm talking to Missouri people. Uh, which, which is actually my first question, because my first question was, does it hurt to know that the Missouri football program is better SEC program than the Arkansas Razorbacks? <laughs> Way to start it off, friendly. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, any other year, even if we weren't, I would have gotten mad and argued. <laughs> but this year is just, oh, man. Brutal. I never say negative stuff about the hogs on social media, ever, even when I'm feeling it. But I did this first time this week. How'd it feel? I was like, you got to fire those bozos. <laughs> John Chavis is way too old. Man. What about Matt Jones? Could we get Matt Jones? Oh, I love him. (laughs) Leadership role. Guys, I was drafted as a wide receiver in the first round, and this is what I've become. I'm now your leader. Do you think that we could make that happen? Matt Jones partied. Even when he got into the (laughs) kept partying. A lot of those old hogs do, and they come back to Fayetteville, and they get a DWI. Do you guys have that, too? Like, the athletes come back, oh, and they get a DUI? Oh, we, we, yeah. we generally allow our student-athletes well, to do it while in college. Sometimes the head coach gets one <laughs> after a couple big glasses of wine, apparently. <laughs> oh, shout out to Gary Pinkle. But, uh, yeah, that'll happen once in a while. You get, uh, you get the old feeling back, think that maybe you could cruise down Broadway, and uh, the police aren't having it. <laughs> Assholes. Well, many people forget, I think, that Baker Mayfield, do you guys remember this? Yes. Baker Mayfield, for some random reason, got tackled by a couple state troopers. you guys see that footage? <laughs> He's not even a hog. That was so weird. (laughs) Uh, Matt Besser coming to St. Louis this Saturday. You can check him out at the Improv Shop in the Grove. Tickets are only 12 bucks. It's Improv for Humans. And again, it's going to be a fun time. Our friends in Dad Van are going to be with that. And you guys, now you have, like, it's so strange. There's, like, literally a history now with you and uh, and the, the performers in Dad Van. You've been to New York with them. They won the contest. It's a crazy thing, man. Yeah, um, I'll I'll be totally frank. When we did this, I met them through a contest we did with my podcast, Improv for Humans. Um, I did want to meet improv groups in the middle of the country. I've, I, I when I did the contest, I I I didn't allow L.A. or New York to be in the contest. You got to freeze. Hmm. Oh, he's such a good actor. I grew up in uh, a big entertainment capital, so I wanted to reach out to places like where I grew up. 
Um, and I'll tell you right away, dad van, I was like, whoa, these guys get it. Like just right away on the first pass in my mind, they were the winners. So, uh, they're really good. Um, if, if you do live in St. Louis and haven't seen them, you should check them out. But if, obviously check them out with me this, this weekend if you can. Yeah, it's only 12 bucks. Improv shop always puts on a great show. They got great food, everything else there. It's a, it's a really good time. I'm trying to think. Uh, i tell you a weird thing. Yeah, I was looking up the improv shop on. I've, I haven't been St. Louis since I was a, a kid, and uh, so I don't know the geography of it so well. But I was I was looking up where the improv shop was, and then I was looking up where my ancestors were born, my the Jewish side of my family, in uh, University City, oh, wow. and the the graveyards where they were buried are like on either side of the improv shop. <laughs> my Man. Jewish ancestors li lived and died all around that area. It's kind of weird. Is this some kind of a weird reckoning of coming home to, to I mean, this it could is. be, yeah, this could be interesting. It is. The last time I came, I'm, I'm, I'm 52. I was a huge Lou Brock fan nice. uh, when I was a kid. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Oh, but that's <laughs> A little bit about Lou. He oh, I've got insulting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's offensive. <laughs> it's like asking Matt if he's if he's familiar with a man named Nolan Richardson. I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, but I guess I was it was the Gary Templeton era era when I was uh, actually yeah. watching football. So we we came and uh, uh, watched those games. Every once in a while, so that that was my experience. But I didn't really care about this. Is where your ancestors were born. I didn't care about that stuff when I was a kid. I guess I care more about that now. It's will, will you do a little sightseeing while you're here? Will you visit the uh, the ancestors? Um. Will I actually go to the grave? I don't know if I'm even allowed in the graveyard. Actually, but uh, <laughs> could be an I, issue. I did want to walk down the street where the house was. I do know specifically. Uh, it's on Amherst Street, which is oddly where I went to college, too. So that's also very this strange. Is, I'm not, oh, wow. Matt, I'm getting a little weirded out. It's October. This could be, uh, <laughs> man, I, you're, you're a talented guy. I want to keep you around. I'm worried about all these things kind of lining up. Travis, you look uh, you look like you're jazzed up to talk to Mr. Bester. What do you got for him? No, we've been teasing on this show the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've been going back and forth, like almost every podcast in America, about so-called woke culture and cancel culture. But I we laughed recently at Todd Phillips' uh, comments about uh, being able to do the type of comedy he's used to doing, being afraid to do those things. Do you encounter these conversations in your in your setting as far as comedians or improv uh, cast members attempting to uh, kind of hold themselves back because of fear of being chastised through social media and the internet? Um, yes, we do. Uh, not, but I, I, I see both sides. I experience both sides of this and I understand both sides. And I, I don't think it's such a, a civil war as people might want to paint it. But, uh, for one, I've had a friend even very recently. Um, another thing I'm, I'm promoting is I have a special coming out called pot humor. It's a hour I did mostly on, on, on pot. Um, but I've been doing it for a while. And a friend of mine came, yeah, I filmed in Portland where you can smoke it in the audience, oddly enough. But, uh, I, uh, 
I've been doing it for a while and had a friend see the show. And after the show, I'd done really well, but he, he had some comments on some things, on some semantics, basically. Um, the way I address the crowd, even uh, mm. like even ladies and gentlemen or or uh, doing things like uh, a s r really, really what I would call politically correct stuff, really deep politically. correct. And when I said that to him, he goes, we know politically correct isn't a good word either, because that implies <laughs> that you're doing it for other people, not for yourself. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay. that's crazy. You know what? That word crazy isn't too good. That implies people. And he wasn't even joking. And he went down a road like that with me. And I was like, well, that's lame. And he goes, lame is not a good word. Uh, some people who are crippled view that word. As, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't even talk to you, dude. But after that conversation with him, I did correct some of those words. I didn't correct all of them according right. to his opinion. But I, I bet I corrected about a third of the things he he gave he recommended to wow. me. Wow! I changed I changed my act because he he opened up my mind. Some of the stuff I thought was crazy. We were getting drunk that night, and later that night we were talking about something else, and he was like, "That's crazy," and I went, "Ah, you said crazy." You <laughs> <laughs> still use the word crazy. <laughs> Crap. We we heard um, uh, we heard from some people in the audience that it was uh, a. a absolutely insane time filming that in portland i mean was that is there a huge difference whatever everybody's baked out of their mind is there more editing that you have to do because maybe things weren't quite as funny as you thought they were how does that work oh actually well i've done this show as a 420 show for years oh, at, nice. at the so it's kind of a greatest hits of that show and when we started doing that show like 10 years ago, the culture was much different. And uh, it was almost like a speakeasy show because people would get high at it. But it felt like lock the doors or, you know, <laughs> loud for real. Um, and I used to do a narc test back then, which is still at the top of the special. And it was almost for real then. And now it's sarcastic. But uh they people have gotten high dur during that show for years i guess is what i'm getting getting to and sometimes the laughs are really hard at the beginning of the show and then you notice during the miller show oh, there's about five people asleep in the audience <laughs> <laughs> um so i was a little concerned about that for my special but i was lucky they, they all stayed awake um there was one there was one bit where I'm I'm walking around the audience and I'm I'm uh I'm I'm talking about cunnilingus I'll call it right now radio <laughs> mm -hmm. the show mm -hmm. um and and I'm talking about code words you use to talk in front of your kids when you're talking to your wife and I'm talking to the audience about that and then all of a sudden I reveal that my wife is there and, I, and everyone's like oh she's actually here oh my god. But so the camera and the spotlight go on her and I'm talking to her. And all of a sudden I noticed this guy, this kid, really, this like 20 year old sitting next to her. Looks like he's asleep. His eyes are dead closed and he's right next to her. So mm. I'm in my head going, this is my special I'm shooting. And it looks like some dude fell asleep next to my wine. But then I notice he's smiling as I keep talking to her. And then I see that he's kind of rocking back and no. forth. And then I like grooving, like he's at a concert when you're into a song and you kind of just close your eyes and you get into the rhythm of it. 
And then I say, he is awake. He is just grooving to my comedy. So then I, I take, I, I do a picture in picture with him at different points during the rest of the special, just at random points. I'll just cut to this dude group, totally high grooving to the comedy. <laughs> the good but they had dab rigs there. Uh, it was crazy. People, it was. It looked like there was a fog machine, but it was just constant. Oh my god! And that's why comedy. And uh, yeah, I was talking to the audience a lot. They were really high. Sometimes they couldn't even talk when I would ask them a question. <laughs> to be speaking, they're like, "Gubagaba." Oh, so. <laughs> that's absolutely perfect, uh, Matt. As far as the live show with Improper Humans. It's an easy listen, too. If you just go download it, uh, the live experience, whenever you bring people up, I, I believe the one you did in New York, um, you had Tim Meadows with you, some other friends. Uh, whenever you jump on with uh, a talented group, is there something special you bring to each city? This is such a general question, but I, I am curious how you kind of go about, is it just literally you're just going to go with the flow and do what you've been trained to do for the last however many years that you've been perfecting your improv skills, or is there a specific set of things you want to hit uh, depending on where you're performing? Well, I guess that is the great thing about improv, um, which, uh, as you know, I don't know if I'm insulting you like Lou Brock, but it also, <laughs> St. Louis at a place called The Compass. You guys know about that? Sure, yeah, Compass Improv Group, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my guru, Del Close, he started out at this place called The Compass in St. Louis, or that was one of the absolute first places where this type of improv was born. Uh, mm -hmm. There in Chicago, I'd say, were the really, they, 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 they invented something they called the kitchen rules, where, which is uh, where yes and, that phrase, was uh, literally born. So, but one of the big aspects and philosophies behind improv was let's stop doing these stodgy old Ibsen plays or whatever plays from another era. Let's just, let's just find out what the audience wants us to talk about. Hmm. So I always liked that, that attitude of where that began of like, you know, forget what I have prepared. What do you guys want to talk about? So uh, I like that, and that's that's the whole philosophy behind it, and I think it's kind of cool. I'm returning to the place where that started too. Oh, it's fantastic that you're even aware of that. As far as your writing credits go, they're absolutely insane <laughs> as well. Uh, he won't talk about it. I love bringing it up because I thought it was a cool opportunity. Travis, to uh, my co-host here, did uh, some writing with Sesame Street over the summer for a few months out in Brooklyn. Got to see how the bigger Whoa. shops worked out. Right, got to see. When the big boys come in the room, somebody who runs Nickelodeon coming through. Uh, at, at a certain point in your career, whenever you make it into an NBC writer's room or, or any of those types of things, was it was it intimidating to a point or were you kind of going in with friends and you're just doing what you love to do? And what would, I guess what advice would you give to somebody going through that process and trying to build up uh, credits and, and the like? I've been lucky enough that I've usually been the guy running the room on uh, in, in time when I would it would be an intimidating situation. And the times where I've been brought into the room, they're usually what is called like a punch up. Yep. And it's usually a friend of yours bringing you in there and you're okay. doing, it, doing it to them as a favor. So there's nothing there's no stake. So it's just it's usually just absolutely fun. It's a bunch of. Uh, 
funny people pitching jokes. And, uh, and in those situations, it's usually just one night. So it doesn't seem like a grind at all. Okay. Um, and then on the other side of the table, like I said, when I'm the head writer, from my world, I, I don't I don't know if every writer's room is this way, but we are coming from the UCB. I'm hiring people I know from the UCB. I'm not hiring strangers at all, um, at all. So there's not that awkwardness of let's get to know each other. My wife, right. on the other hand, she's very a lot of uh, she's a writer on a lot of network shows where she's done shows where she can write, walk to the writer's room and not know anybody. And everybody else doesn't know everybody else because they're writers and writers aren't as social, maybe. Whereas I'm coming from a big pool of performers and improvisers. I see. Um, but uh, she's done stuff like, we're going to go play miniature golf to bond. You know, they do those kind of <laughs> things. Whereas I, the, the impro improv world doesn't, we're, we're already on the same page, I guess, if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And it, I kind of, and another thing just about, just a comment about the improv world, we, we're lucky we get to talk to entertainers, comedians, improvisers, all these types of different people a lot. Uh, a friend of ours uh, over the years, a guy named Tony Cavallero, has just gotten a breakout spot on Righteous Gemstones. And to, the, to most people, it's like, where the hell did this guy come from? But you all grind away, yourself included. You go to your own, th he's a groundling, and you'll still see yourself uh whoever that's on a network tv show you're still at your own theater <laughs> teaching honing the craft all those things i guess is it i'm trying to think the best way to put this should people be paying attention earlier or when somebody breaks it's because they've put in those painstaking hours well besides honing the craft they're also finding their voice sure and and a, a cheesy way to say finding your voice is say finding your brand, which was a phrase when I was in my twenties, I don't even think was around, but right. <laughs> it, it's, it's true though. You have to find out, like, I think it took me a while to realize I need to consider what I look like and what I can, if I'm going to be a character actor, what things I can actually play and I should push myself to play versus the improv mentality of I can play anything. I'm a right. football player. I'm a mermaid. <laughs> I'm a, I'm God. But you know, when you're being cast, that's to be somewhat what you look like, you know? Uh, and, uh, and what your point of view is too. So you're, you're finding your, whatever that brand is. So I, I know certain characters I like to play. I play all sorts of different ones, but I also know the ones that I like to play and I gravitate towards and are easier for me to play. And that'll probably come out in my improv too. Um, but when you're, when you're starting out, you don't really know yet. Uh, so you're just doing everything and then you start to go, Oh, I'm kind of good at playing, getting beat on, you know, I'm the <laughs> sad stack and, uh, it's funny for people to be mean to me like that. That's what I'm <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm the straight man. I'm the voice to reason. I'm the antagonist. You, you find it, uh, but it, it's not immediate. It takes a while. What are some of the characteristics, uh, characteristic traits, I guess, of some of the improv troops you go around the country and see what immediately jumps out at you? What do you kind of catch when you see these different groups what immediately jumps out to you as far as their traits 
Um, well, I'm a very much a snob, and that's why when I said I, I saw Dad Van, and I said, "Oh, these guys get it." What I meant by "get it" was I see so many group, I see many, many more. Most groups, I think, don't get it, mm. and I I come off harsh, but. I'm just not interested because to me, it's usually when the improv is too silly that it's almost childish. I see. And, uh, the knock improv sometimes gets. It's like, oh, yeah, my friend's on an improv team. I went to see him, and it sounds like they're going to see their kindergarten graduation class or something. I've <laughs> seen shows that seem like that where everyone's just being so silly. It's what I call... Uh, much to my friend's chagrin, we call it crazy town. <laughs> no, no, that's that's problematic, Matt. Come on. I know we're gonna have to change that. But uh I don't like scenes that take place in crazy town. What we mean by that in our teaching is that it's just like no one's grounded, everyone's acting silly. Um, if you watch sketch comedy, if you watch SNL, not everyone in the scene is silly. It's right. usually just when character is silly, the star of the scene or whatever the scene's about. Like if every single person is acting silly, then you're like, I don't know what to focus on. This just seems like a bunch of nonsense versus I know what the focused funny of the scene is, if that makes sense. Definitely. Absolutely. It absolutely does. I want to remind everybody, Matt, to the improv shop this Saturday. I just put tickets in the comments. You can get them. They're only $12. And uh, Rafe Williams is part of dad band. He's obviously been a regular on our show. For the last four years, it'll be a very good time, and you can ask Matt about uh, visiting his relative's grave while he was in St. Louis. <laughs> so that should be very exciting. Uh, anything else before we let Matt go, Travis? I'm a little bit curious. I guess just with some of the work that you've done, does anything? And this is—I'm sure they're all your babies. Do any of the projects that you've worked on, acting, writing, otherwise, stand out as uh, here's my here's my crowning achievement? Is there anything that? When you look back on it, maybe you didn't even realize it at the time. You're like, holy shit, this kid from Arkansas did X. Uh -huh. um, I have bands on Improv for Humans all the time, and I'm always afraid to say, my favorite album of yours was your second album when they're on their sixth album. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, want, they want their sixth album to be my favorite, right? They want yes. the current album. And if I'm like saying that that first thing you did was your best, <laughs> I can tell it's a bummer. Um, but yeah, my sketch show, Upright Citizens Brigade, I'm pretty proud of. I, I guess I'm really proud of Bot Humor, my sixth album, because <laughs> I've on for a long time. Um, and it's, it's what I'm passionate about right now. But I, I will tell you one thing that your listeners can find on the internet was the show I did called Cross Balls. Um, Crossballs, yeah. And it was a <laughs> show that did 24 episodes, or actually 23 episodes, because one one never made the air, on uh, Comedy Central in, what was it, 2004. And it was supposed to, it was like a parody of Crossfire shows. Yes. That old show, Crossfire. <laughs> yeah, yes. Or Hardball, those shows, uh, where people debate each other about politics, but we would have characters debating real people, but the real people didn't know we were the characters. So it was a it was a quasi prank sketch show that I was super proud of, but it was on at six p.m. on Comedy uh. Central, and no one saw it. And then it, and then we got in trouble doing one of the pranks with this gun guy. 
Oh boy. And that was the fourth oh. episode. They sued the show and then it got canceled. But uh, it's a great <laughs> it holds up. It's, I think even in two, 2004 uh, references, it still works. I'd say check it out right now. Okay. Oh, absolutely do that. Definitely. He mentioned bands on Improv for Humans. We've had them on too. And one of the best moments in our show's history was Travis uh, Terrell here. I don't know if you can tell from me, he's not usually into country, punk, crazy music from no, Memphis not, slash Arkansas. No, not really. well, we had Lucero on our show, oh, and Ben and oh. Rick played three songs for us live. Oh, boy. The reaction that Travis gave after seeing Rick you know, playing the uh, <laughs> accordion and Ben singing was yeah. maybe the most pure thing I've ever yeah, heard I grew in my up, life. Yeah, I grew up in the city of St. Louis. So I never felt pure love like I did in that moment. So that's why <laughs> I was like, oh, this, where have you been all my life, Lucero? You know, we had Lucero on, on Improper Humans, too. Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. And I'm sure there's so, like a connection too, like growing up in a similar area and everything like that. But I definitely love that uh, they're <laughs> one of the bands that you've had on. They just, uh, it, that, that's just a great connection to make. There's a lot of weird connections. Yeah. Uh, ben Nichols, he started out uh-huh. in Little Rock and my friends were in a band called Trusty. He was more in the punk scene before the whole alt- yeah country scene so it's a small world and his brother's now a director of great movies yeah. oh uh, my his brother's an american small world man. yeah it's it's absolutely absurd matt you've been so kind with your time absolutely. today i hope the uh, the travel is very easy you can uh, stash whatever you need to stash on your way into uh, missouri and i hope Whoa. it's a fun <laughs> i hope it's a fun trip uh and a great show this saturday at the improv shop get tickets online only 12 dollars. this is premium entertainment guys come out see dad van and uh, improv for humans matt what a pleasure thank, thank you, so you so much, much for matt. coming really on again it. man Hey, thanks, guys. And if anyone wants to find out about any of these projects, mattbester.com, they can find out about that. Love it. We'll share the website as well. Matt, take care, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Matt Besser, live at the Improv Shop this Saturday with uh, several friends of ours live in St. Louis. What a great chat. I I, I always enjoy speaking to Matt. He's just, uh, man, he's really good. He's just really good. Absolutely is. And you can just Google all the stuff. We talked about it the first time we ever talked to him, but there's video of him with a dildo and a... And it's Matt Walsh, who you'll recognize right, from uh, right. from Veep and everything else. They were in the Improv, or uh, Upright Citizens Brigade together. It was the Today Show. Right. And... <laughs> <laughs> Matt Besser had a character where it was a functionally disabled, overgrown kid with a giant penis. I remember this. And live on the Today Show, he like flashes him with the dildo as he's excited. It's unbelievable. So oh boy. we'll uh, we'll post some more links. But uh, Gardner, do we have anything else before we get out of here today? Guys, come to comedy tonight. It's going to be a great time. Six o'clock at Sophie's. Eight thirty at Gastro Pit. We're going to have a blast. You will, too. For Travis Shrell, Chris Gardner, and Matt Besser, it's We Are Live. We'll be back live tomorrow, 8 a.m. Harlan Williams is going to be in studio tomorrow. Going to be a blast. Ah, peace.